0: That's nation 3 for 30% off of your purchase. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Nine Finger Chronicles podcast episode. When you're listening to this, just know that November is gone. You have you have to wait 11 months for November again. And I'm telling you that is how fast life passes you by. Like it's gone. November's gone. The rut for the most part is over if you're in the Midwest. Like if you live in the South, you got the you got certain parts of the south you have the uh, rut to look forward to or maybe depending on where you're at in the united states um you know you're just you're just coming out of the rut but i can tell you right now based off of trail camera data based off of just driving down the roads at night the rut is over in uh in iowa anyway or or at least around where i live um doe groups are showing back up on trail cameras um Most movement is nocturnal again, and that's it. Like all this time and energy we put into this, uh, this chase, right? This, this, uh, hobby, this sport, whatever you want to call it that we do, like it goes by so fast. So if you're that guy who right now is going, shit, I wish I would have done X, Y, Z. Well, make a little note and stick it on your refrigerator or stick it on the mirror in your bathroom or stick it on your, on the on your truck in your truck so you look at it every single day and in 11 months when november comes around again you can say i'm not taking any shortcuts no laziness i'm i'm going to do whatever i have to do to commit to next november right and that's and that starts right now now is there still time to go out and get it done absolutely Um, And I'm going to talk about that in in the upcoming weeks. We're going to get into some late season conversations and and some shit like that. But I'll tell you right now, um, the the craziness is over, you know, for the Midwest at least. Um, There's still a chance you can go out and get something done late season. Uh, Firearm seasons are in this weekend, kicks off firearm season here in Iowa. Uh, That goes for three weeks. And then after that, uh, for the most part, the deer are pretty much just... They're 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 where they're gonna be for the rest of the winter. Um, now, uh, heavy precipitation like snow and stuff can change that. Uh, deteriorating food sources can change that. But um, for the most part, you know, we're setting into that late season winter uh, winter schedule, and that is betting all day long, coming out right at last light to feed or finding something to eat and going back to bed and that's their that's their routine from this point on uh, the bucks are trying to recover from the rut and uh man it's over <laughs> it, it's it sucks to say but it is man and that's and, and it's just a reminder but that's how fast the rut goes by that's how fast life goes by and i blinked i didn't even i don't even feel like i spent a lot of time out hunting and i went on two week-long trips out west and i hunted i don't know, I want to say eight days here in iowa and that's it, man. Eight, nine days in Iowa. And that's it. So, I don't know. Whatever. That sound. That shit sounds depressing, but I don't want it to be depressing. I want you to know that there's still hope out there. There's still a chance to go get it. And uh, we're going to kick off December. Day number one of the Sportsman's Nation's uh, fiscal year. Whether that matters to you or not. But, uh, um, man, Cody DeQuisto, he's one of those guys that, he puts his mind to something, he's going to accomplish it, right? And this this story on this podcast where we break down the strategy, we talk about the obstacles that were thrown at him and how he overcame those obstacles and how he basically just willpower and mindset killed this giant 200-inch deer. Now, for me, like, the inches don't matter. It's the story here. But for... Uh, Cody, I mean it's a dream of his and he accomplished a, a, a it could possibly be a once in a lifetime dream. And so this is an awesome story. Lots of strategy talk, lots of um, talk about you know how he accessed certain spots, how he how he basically beat this deer. Um, it took a couple times but it, he beat him and uh, that is today's story. It is a badass episode. I'm going to tell you what, right? I just love hearing stories from guys who almost go through life, uh, not necessarily life, but the hunting season with blinders on. They have a goal and by golly, they're (laughs) going to accomplish it, hell or high water. So uh, excellent episode today. And I'm just going to knock out these uh, commercials real quick. I just want to say with it being the end of a of a hunting season for some of us, like for me, I, am not a gun hunter. I'm just not into that quite yet. I know that there's a late season, uh, coming up on us. And if something shows up on trail camera, when I go to check my trail cameras or, you know, I, I start doing some late season scouting and I find, you know, we get some snow and I I get a, a good, you know, a good heavy trail into, you know, find some crop standing crops or or find a good egg field that still has some grain waste on it. I might get out there and go do it. But for the most part, that I'm going to say there's a 90% chance I don't even touch the tree stand again this year or the, the woods again this year as far as uh, hunting. Now, scouting's a little bit different. I'll probably go for a walk here, look for some fresh time, uh, go take some trail cams and tree stands down and things like that. But for the most part, it's over. So I want to say thank you very much to all of the partners who have supported this podcast. sportsman's nation as a whole and 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 it really does contribute to my my lifestyle that i live it helps support my family uh pays my electrical it keeps the lights on the water running the heat on and it allows me to go out and do these things so huge shout out to uh, the brands of hunt stand if you want a a 20 percent discount enter the discount code sn20 at checkout lone wolf portable tree stands uh fifty dollars off all purchases over two hundred dollars and that is nine fc two one uh wasp broadheads and that is discount code is nine fingers the number nine followed by the word fingers two zero two one twenty percent off ozonics uh huge shout out to those guys nfc two one And that's going to get you a free dry wash bag with a purchase of uh, any of their units. Huge shout out to title sponsor Vortex for uh, their commitment. A huge shout out to Exodus Trail Cameras and... Excalibur crossbows as well so please go out and support the companies that support this podcast at least go to their website give them a look and uh, man I just want to say thank you to those companies Um, and thanks to all of you for taking time out of your day to uh, listen to to this podcast man Uh, I appreciate that And there's no way no way I'll ever pay you back um, so uh, I'll be ever be able to pay you back. So, But I do appreciate it. Uh, follow on social. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or download uh, or wherever you download your podcast. And uh, follow on social. And uh, I think we're good. So let's get into... I think I've done everything I need to do without horn out too much. But... What was I going to say? I, I forgot. Anyway, let's just get into the episode with Cody DeQuisto. Three... Two, one, all right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Cody DeQuisto. Cody, how we doing, man?
1: Good, good, man. It's been it's
0: been quite some time. I know it's been a while since we've chatted, man. The last time we, I think the last time we uh, recorded a podcast together, we were at some state park in eastern Iowa.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met up, and um, uh, I remember that. Yeah, that man, that had to be that was a couple four or five ago. years ago. Now, yeah. I, I would think, but yeah. Um, How's the fam? To- Good, good. Every, you know, it's it's getting crazy. It's growing in numbers, man. We got a uh, I got four running around now and it's just it's a it's definitely a hectic household. Um but it's great, man. I love being a dad, uh, as I'm sure so I'm sure you know how that goes. Yeah, I
0: know how um, that goes.
1: It's got it's it's got its uh way more Way more positives than it does negatives. I'll That's say right. that. So. That's
0: right. You know, I'm the kind of guy who I, I don't think I do good enough job of celebrating fatherhood on this uh, on this podcast because I, I bitch every once. So people people know me because I bitch about my kids, but at the same time, I love them and I lo- like all that stuff that goes along with being a dad. I love every bit of it.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I get so many people that are like, "Wait, you have kids?" And I don't like, so you want to talk about not doing enough justice. So, yeah, I, I, people are like, oh, I never would have thought that. Or, I like, you know, or they'll catch a glimpse of my wife will post something and, you know, with a stroller and the twins and the two girls. And they're like, wait, who are those? And I'm like, wait, those are all your kids? And we're like, Yep, yep, those are, yep, gotta, we got, we got, we're, we're pretty, we got them stacked in there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And my daughters are just getting to the point now to where they're, they're shooting recurves and stuff and they're, yeah. they're wanting to go hunting. And it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be hectic, man. It's going to be, it's going to be chaos out on the farm.
0: Uh, right. Just, right. So but, uh, how does a, how does a, a slayer like yourself all of a sudden one day go, Oh man, what is my fall going to look like when I got four kids to cycle through I, tree stands? It's that, that's, that's a very good question.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been putting that off, you know, and, and, uh, uh, so my wife actually hunts too. And it's, it's funny because, she's been on my ass this year and she's been, she's like, I I want a shotgun hunt this year. And I'm like, okay, we'll shot. And she's like, you said that last year and I didn't get out. She's like, we're going out and I want, and I'm like, okay, we'll get out. So, um, I usually, it's usually last minute. And she funny story last year or not, it was two years ago. I was so busy. She went out on her own and, uh, you know, uh, and sat in a blind and I was like, no, don't go out on your own. You won't. And I was like, you won't know. I was like, you can't you can't go out on your own and, and go kill something and and um, I missed a couple hunts with her and she actually cracked this old buck uh, this you know just like an yeah. old management buck out of a blind by herself and I was like so she made me eat my words there but um, it's definitely going to take some some juggling so between the between the girls and um, I just hope my biggest thing I just hope they're both into it and yeah. I hope both my boys are into it and I look at my family and my siblings and it's, it's, it's kind of only me. I mean, my one sister is into it, but it, it completely missed uh, my brother and my other, my other sister. So I just hope they all got a love
0: for the outdoors
1: and, and we can, you know, maybe, maybe hit it all together. Yeah.
0: Well, that's crazy because sometimes, and and it sounds like it's 50 50 with your dad and and his kids, you know, you and your sister hunt and then your brother and your other uh, sister don't. Um, We all know how intense your dad is when it comes or or I don't know if he's the same intensity now as he was back in the day. But, um, you know, sometimes and this this happened with me in some sports where the dad was real intense about it. And then it kind of for me, uh, this this kind of happened in baseball where I was just like, I got I got burnt out because not only I, I felt pressure. Because my dad wanted me to play baseball so much, and he was on me all the time about baseball. And then it got to baseball, and I was like, ah, fuck baseball. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that, that I think, you hit it on the head right there. And anybody who asks
0: me or asks my
1: opinion or, like, they got a little one or something, I always say, like, don't push it on them. Yeah. I mean, like, expose them to it. Def- give, them every, give them every, you know, availability to to explore that option and expose them to it as much as you can, but don't shove it down their throat. And I remember when I was young, uh, I'd have probably had another, you know, three or four years of hunting under my belt as a, as a kid, as like a boy, if it wasn't pushed a little hard on me. And, and, but there's also, there's different people I think respond to different things like to where that, that crazy addiction, from my dad, I think it just, without even being exposed, turned my brother and my sister off to whereas me, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more driven and competitive in nature and just have, you know, different, different ways about me. And to where I seen that. And I was like, okay, no, I want that. Like, I want, I want to do what he's doing and I want to do it better. And I want like, you know, and, and it, you know, formed internal goals. And, and when I circled back and when I really got into it was when, I almost feel like it was he. Was, he kind of gave up on me, yeah. so he wasn't pushing super hard. And then I was like, "All right, well, you know, I'll tag along a little bit." And then I ended up cracking a buck, um, you know, uh, a year later. And then it, it was all downhill from there. But yeah, um, so yeah, there's definitely a fine line with 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 the push, yeah, uh, for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the the parents' responsibility is to know how how hard to push and and how you know what to do in certain scenarios. Like, do you say when it's cold out, you know, and they're they're five six years old, you say, hey, we need to tough it out just for a little bit longer, or do you give in and you head back to the truck? You know, like yeah. these are all the things that I I've had to juggle so far, and and so far I've been very lenient and, and light on any type of pushing. Uh, so it, I don't know,
1: you know it's hard it and, and you need to be but it it's so hard especially yeah. when you're like you want it for him so bad like my daughter first time this year she wanted to go turkey hunting. Yep. and she was and I and I told my wife I'm like she's not she's too young she and he she was just like we'll just take her out and I'm like okay and I took we had the bow out and I set up a blind I typically don't turkey hunt in in, in blinds but I we were in a really good spot and I'm like you know what yes I want to take her out and we're gonna go get a turkey like it but so in my mind I'm already like I'm, I'm going out to kill a Turkey, not just to take her out for the experience. And that was my, that was my mess up. So we get out immediately. She's bored immediately. She's cold. And I just, I was (laughs) like, I was like, I was like, I was like, Lorraine, they're not even off the roost yet. Like they're just wait, we'll see some birds come in. They're going to just, you know, and I was, and then before I know it, she passed out. Um, and I just, and then I, I think midway through the hunt before anything came in, I I like kind of you know, smack myself in the head. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just, just wake her up. Why don't just go act like you're hunting turkeys for a while and take her back home and she'll be jacked. So I I did that and, and we didn't see any turkeys, but to this day, she's like, me and dad went turkey hunting and, you know, like we almost got one and like, you know, all this stuff. So it don't matter. We just got, it's us that, it's us that want, want it. You know, they just want to spend time with us.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely. Well, things we have to look forward to, right? yep. 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 Well, you've kind of had a badass 2021 fall, man. It, uh, you connected in Illinois and you connected in uh, Iowa this year, and it, uh, both really good deer. One uh, a little bit more impressive than the other, but um, yeah, uh, I kind of I kind of just want to kick off this this conversation right before the season started, and um, I want to talk a little bit about what you were doing leading up. To the season. I mean, did you have these deer identified already, or did you have a group of deer uh, identified already as, uh, hey, uh, you know, these are these are hit listers, or was that something that happened in season?
1: So, and this is yeah. So I would say, and since we haven't podcasted in a while, or even BS bsed, um, I would say my my approach and my my way of looking at things has drastically changed in the last three years. And I've, I've, it's, it's so different in the fact that I don't put any stake into what I have out of season or what I know out of season, or I've always been a fly by night type of guy, but I got so fed up with getting disappointed and, and trying and getting too obsessed with, trying to hope for deer to make it to the next year or try to track them. And I got my own theories on how technology is ruining this, this great, uh, sport or this great pastime. So I, I, have recently kind of for the last two years now I've abandoned all trail camera use. Um, I, you know, and actually, well, I say that, but I, I hung my first camera in two years, actually two weeks ago, but I hung it for people not for deer. Uh, I was hunting some, some river bluffs in, in Wisconsin here. And I wanted to see how many gun hunters entered this piece of public ground. So I hung a camera for that. But so with that being said, like these last couple years, I've been, I go in anticipating a higher upfront workload because I don't know anything and yeah. I don't have any prior information, but it makes me hunt. Yeah. Any, any time I start to look at pictures and I start to talk to people and I start to know things or I start because my mind is always turning. It's a, it, I can't get it to stop. And it, it's always uh, I'm there's I'm always like predicting outcomes or possible things. And and if all of us and if I have an influx of information right off the bat and guys are, you know, I got I'm running 20 cameras and all of a sudden I start to think that I know what's going on when I have no fucking idea. Yeah. So I really have been trying to And now this is, this is the same thing. And there's some guys, you know, that'll argue and say, well, you know, I'm hunting this ground and I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. Or I don't have the time. I can't, that that's, that's neither here nor there. Like what I've been doing, whether it's been on public ground, private ground, I went up to North Dakota this year. uh, I was up there prior, didn't hang any cameras just because I, I wanted the, I don't hunt like I know I should when I utilize things like that. So, so coming into the season, this season, um, I had absolutely no knowledge up until two, um, maybe about a week prior. And, and this is, so I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who hunts the same area. And he graciously told me this tidbit of information that a buck that was running the property um, or these couple properties the year prior that he himself was trying to kill and literally hunted for an entire season and could not kill. Like he, it was, he was just, he was a hard deer to kill. He was probably, you know, in that four and a half year old range. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, yeah you know me, you know me, I'm not a big aged man. And I don't know, I can't claim to, to know that, but, but anyway, he tipped me off that, that, he got a picture and he wanted my opinion on it. And he's like, I think this is that buck." He's like, what do you think? And he sends me a picture and uh, a trail camera picture. And it's blurry and it's a nighttime photo, but I've, I've looked at many of of photos and I've looked at many of cages. And as soon as I seen it, I wasn't for sure. It was the deer he was after, but I told him, I was like, that's a slammer. Yeah. I was like, I I was like, I know it's a, and in my mind I was thinking one eighties. Like, I'm just like, you know, just because of the frame, you know, it was a nighttime picture that IR made it look a little less massive and bulky. But I, I just told him, I was like, I was like, that's a good one. I said, yeah. whether it's that buck, I was like, that's a good one for sure. You need to, you need to set your sights on that deer for sure. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so that One was, second
0: here, one second. I got to yeah. back up and ask you a question. So you mentioned trail cameras. Uh, I rely heavily on trail cameras just because, uh, you know. We, we talked a little bit at my schedule, my, yep. I, I use them. I like using them. It helps me locate deer. Uh, it, it, it allows me to cut off a shit ton of acreage that oh, I do, that yeah. I don't yep. need to be hunting because of deer that I don't want to shoot. Right. Yep. Yep. So for you, you mentioned, um, you know, making decisions based off trail cameras that you probably shouldn't go into a little bit more detail of that and, and so, how how trail cameras may prevent you from hunting the right way
1: this is this is something that I constantly have an internal struggle with and even throughout this course of the throughout the course of the last couple of years of, of abandoning trail cameras altogether um and i get a lot of like flack but also you know pats on the back for this and they're like wait hot So you sell trail cameras, but you're telling people not to use them. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, you know, but that's just, it's just me. I don't want to bullshit anybody. And all I can say is, so I've, you know, as well as some other people, like I've always had, and I've always had goals. I've always had inches in mind. I, I don't think that makes me a shallow person. I've always wanted what I want. I set goals for myself. And when you take trail cameras out of the situation, it is a huge ball drop in that regard because- you are, you're, you're withholding a bunch of information from yourself. And when it comes to locating specific caliber deers, and like you said, eliminating ground or, you know, trying to just kind of give yourself a better starting point, it sucks. But on the other side of things, when I hunt, I hunt more efficiently and I, and I'm more, it's more rewarding to me. And the biggest thing is the excitement of the unknown for me. Yeah. And I, I, in some way, shapes or form, like I, I just hate knowing, like if I, if I run a camera on a draw all summer and I'm pulling that thing regularly or I pull it once and I don't get anything good in that draw. Well, then in one way it tells me, well, <clears throat> that draw shit and don't hunt it. Mm-hmm. But then in another way, like it, it also takes away it it in my mind now. I never even want to go look at that because I already think the draw is shit. That yeah. draw could light up at any point in time during the season, and that's what people don't get.
0: Or, not, or the deer oh, could be there and just not walking in front of your camera.
1: And that's my next point. Yeah. So I've I've literally seen I've seen this happen. Yeah, I've seen slammers, literally like just five feet to the right of a camera to to the capture zone that walked by and that were regularly walking by yeah. and. And that's where I, there's just such a, so, so for one, like you could be missing information for two, I, I feel like it, it does pollute an area and it could make an area that was going to be good, not good because of, of that, that camera or the repeatedness. Cause I'm, I'm this way too. If I have a camera, I will check it. Yeah, I'm not the, I don't, I don't have the, the willpower. Like if I have something there, it's going to be in my mind and I'm going to be like, well, let me go see what that's doing. You know? Yeah to whereas, like, if there's nothing, I just let it sit. And then that, the possibility of that could make that area into a better area. I do think that some deer are wise of cameras, some deer aren't like it's, I'm not saying this is all or nothing, so that can make a difference, but there's a lot of little things that compile, um, that really affect my hunting strategy. And, and then I start to just, I start to make bad calls. I start to get a little lazy and I start to think that, that I know things when, When I, you know, I got to tell myself that I, that I really don't. And, and now I just, the biggest struggle with me and and nothing, any, nothing against anybody that, that does this, but I think it's in my mind, it's just a different, it's a different game. It's a different tactic. But nowadays I see people that literally will like, like surveillance a piece of ground (laughs) and, and they got, they, they literally got 20 cell plans. And they got 20 cell cameras out. They, they, put them, they put them in bedding areas. They put them in transition areas. And they put them in, in, in feeding areas. And they literally surveil. And they try and ca- capture as much as they can. And they surveillance their ground. And then they use that information that gets sent to them via text on when to go hunt. I mean, like, it's it's smart in a way. But to me it takes away all the joy and what I'm out there for. And I really love, like, like I'm just obsessed with the hunt. Just like yeah. we talked about before. I don't shoot my bow. I don't. So like, you know, running trail cameras or run trail cameras is one thing. I just, I don't know. I, I so I, I have just an internal struggle because at the same time, like, you know, I, it, prime example, last year I shot 166 inch buck, um, out of state and I shot him on the fourth day there there was a 180 running around and i had no idea but i just i ran into that 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 big old upper 60s buck and i smoked him like had i had i ran some cameras that might have gave me i might have got one picture and if i got that one picture i probably would have held out yeah but that also could have changed the domino effects throughout my entire season and i might not have shot that tank of an eight that i shot you know two months later in a different state so it's like it's one of these things where it can get as I can get as it can get as rabbit hole as you let it. Yeah. Um, but I've just been so much more pleased with my time in the timber, you know, having no information. Yeah. Um.
0: So going yeah. so going back to this Illinois buck. All right. You saw a picture of it. Um. Your buddy sent you. He was hunting in 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 the the neighborhood that you were at. At this point, how? How do you approach that then? I mean, now, you know, there's a really good deer in the area. How do you then look at the property that you have access to and put a plan together for it?
1: Well, to be completely honest, like I, so we were, um, we were hunting the same property. Oh, same property. So we had, yeah. So, so I mean, there, there's multiple pieces in that area, but like this deer, and honestly, I didn't even, I was in North Dakota when he told me, uh, hunting in September and I didn't, I was kind of like, I didn't even want to go there because yeah. I was like, ah, oh, shit. I'm like, now I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, and I just, I had this internal struggle too. I'm like, I'm like, I bet that's the biggest deer on the property. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and like, shit, I don't want to step on his toes. He's been hunting him all last year. Like, you know, and, and, and I, you know, and my buddy's a, a, an awesome hunter. Um, and he just seems to have some shit luck and, and, you know, he, he's still put, he's still in that phases of. I know, like, there's, I can watch the evolution of these guys, and, and the guys who have it, they, like, they like build, and they build, and they build, and then all of a sudden, they just break loose, and then they just start, it, everything connects, and, yeah. and I feel like that happens with every successful hunter, and he's on that cusp, so I'm like, well, man, the last thing I want to do, well, it turns out, so, like, you know, and this almost seemed like a sign to me, I, so I was literally planning to not even go down there, even though I seen this giant down there, but I was like, you know what, like, my buddy's down there opening week, I'm, I'm not even going to, Um, I'm not even going to mess with it. He ended up, he's also, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of deer on the, on the wall too. So I knew that there was a chance he'd shoot something else. And I knew that this buck had his number from last year. So I was like, okay, well, you know, not that I was betting against him, I was just taking all these things into my head and I'm just, you know, trying to game plan for the season. Well, he ended up smoking a beautiful buck, like opening night. And it wasn't this buck. So as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, it's game on like, like, you know, like, like, yeah. um, all right. Like, you know, now I like, I, I I, don't, I won't feel weird encroaching on him and like, we won't step on each other's toes and like whatever. And he's got a buck he's, he's, he's pumped about. So, um, I knew I needed to get down there, but, uh, in this particular year, um, all the ground we had to hunt was completely surrounded by hundreds of acres of standing corn. And, not only that, um, it's very thick timber. It's a lot of hedge. Uh, the Russian olive has gone insane in the last few years. Uh, there's a lot of like CRP and locust, um, and it's it's just it's it is it's a midwestern jungle. Um, you know, there's there's briar. So it was very it was a very thick piece. I knew that it was going to be very uh, close quarter hunting, and I knew I had to do it kind of strategically in a way um just and the interesting fact was that um i'm trying to i'm trying to play back in my mind what what was going through my head at that exact time before i got down there because like i said i'm always trying to think of the chess match and so then it
0: sounds like you you had some distractions that were removed or not distractions but like obstacles for that property that's like well i don't want to step on my buddy's toes your buddy shot a deer nobody's going to be hunting it now. So it's kind of wide open to you. And, and, uh, so not only did you know a a giant was there, but now you knew that there was no other hunting pressure on that property other than you. So
1: actually, actually it was kind of the opposite. So, so, so this, so this is, I throwing another wrench in the works. There's actually eight other guys that hunt that property too. Oh Jesus. So, yeah. So, so, so that's where, that's where, but I, you know, any, not to be a a, a dick about any of the other guys, but like none of those other guys were after this buck. I firmly believe like there's a, there's a code. I think there should be a code amongst bow hunters and like, not that I would ever expect somebody to pass on a deer like that if I was hunting it, but to pursue it is a different story. Like if I'm, you know, if, if me, Dan, if me and you were hunting the same property and I knew you were actively pursuing a buck and you were yeah. on his ass and you were, I wouldn't go be cutting you off trying to kill that same buck. Now, yeah. I mean like, and it, it, you know, it, that's how I see it. Now I can't, I wouldn't ask you then in the same situation, like, let's say you went over to your other hat, I'm hunting the North side of the property, you're hunting the South. My buck just happens to come by you, give you a perfect shot. Like you know, I can't, I would never, I can't, I can't ask you to, to not shoot that deer, but at the same time I get it. You weren't. So, so that's kind of how I operate. So when I, so when he filled, you know, that was the only guy in my mind that, that had any, you know, uh, just sort of claim to, to wanting to pursue that deer. I didn't care, but I knew. So here's an example too. There was, there was nine or there's probably nine to 10 cameras on that piece of property. Yep. or, and surrounding it. And there was guys who had cell cameras and there's guys. And then there's also, um, the property, the three adjacent properties that touch this are just low. Like, you know, there's four guys in this property, there's five guys on this property and they, and they all hunt the line hard. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So it's kind of like, so in my mind, not only am I going into, um, you know, it was nice to have that, that re, like you said, that obstacle removed. But I knew it's like, okay, you got to like, it's time you got to start, you got to start hunting this buck because I can't, I can't speak for anybody else, whether, you know, they probably wouldn't have gave two shits if they knew I was hunting that deer. Like, you know, like, and, and, you know, so, so anyway, so, so now it became one, you know, and, and typically what you'll find a lot of guys do is like, okay, well, it's so thick. There's a lot of standing corn. Like, you know, I'm going to wait till he starts to get squirrely, hit scrapes, hit rubs. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I'll get, I'll get him in November. Um, I, I knew I couldn't let that happen. I knew there was a, you know, a chance of, so I started analyzing all the bits of information I had. Um, you know, the trail camera picture was one thing. I started thinking a lot about anything I remembered from the past year, um, which ultimately I threw out the window because this buck had completely moved a mile away and was inhabiting an entire different area than he was the year prior. Okay, so it, it, it was very interesting. I thought. Um, do
0: you, so, do you think th- that his his core area, his core area shifted, or he was still living in his core area, just in a different like, just more time in a in a different part of it?
1: I personally think he graduated. He 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 went and he knocked down the biggest guy in the block, and he took over the the, the like the role. Yeah, yeah. He, he took over like the, the sought after ground, if you will, like, you know, now there's, I've seen there's certain properties. It's not always the same and there's certain pieces of ground and there's different deer, but like you will get now. And when I talk about the area he was, he moved into. So let's picture, you know, let's say we're, you know, we got like square miles, right? So not that he was like held up in one woodlot, but like the circuit and he was, from where, from where my buddy was hunting him the year prior was, I mean, as the crow flies a mile, I guess for a deer is not that, not that far, but had I been hunting that area, I'd have been light years out of the game. Cause he wasn't, yeah. wasn't even frequenting that area at all. But one thing I did do throughout the course of hunting him is I, I had to go because I didn't have cameras out. It was one thing like, this is what makes you a better hunter. In my opinion, I had to go check and my, the biggest thing that was weighing on my mind the entire time was did this buck relocate and go back to where he knows? Like that was the one thing I kept thinking in my head the whole time because I was hunting close quarter, tight jungle shit, standing corn, thick stuff. I, I didn't see for 20, 20 days. Like I see nine deer, nine deer total. So I'm thinking, you know, there was the thought I, as I, you know, I trust my, my action and my plan that I've set in my head, but there's always that lingering thought like, fuck, is he not even over here anymore? Did, is yeah. he, maybe he's back over where he was running last year, you know? So I would periodically check that area. Um, you know, and then I'd kind of, I'd kind of get a little squirrely when I'd find like a big track over there or something. And, and then I, but I, but I stayed course. Um, I, uh, um, I, so it, you know, it began the hunt. I knew it was going to be boring. I knew it was going to be tedious. Um, I didn't know where he was. Uh, turns out, he was using. In the end, you know, I mean, he was. There was so much corn, and and um, he was living in this corn at least at least fifty percent of the time, as all the deer were. It's yeah. it's 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 crazy. It's like a, you know, I got to the point where I started. I was I was hunting the corn, and. It's it's crazy. It's like a mindfuck. You're seeing a you're seeing a reverse. Like all of a sudden, the sun goes down, and these animals are coming out of the corn into the timber. And and essentially, like what it is with so much corn, it's like you're 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 quadrupling your actual timber, but you can't hunt it and you can't see in there. And it's and they know they're safe in there. So uh, and now it's early October. Like uh, I went in there um, after hunting for. Of thing after hunting for a few probably a week or so, I ended up going and I was putting I was starting to put some boots on the ground in the corn and I, I discovered that there was uh just lush clover in the corn, like in the middle of these big fields. And I'm like, oh my god, and it was just getting hammered. So I'm like, sh- I'm like, you're fucked, dude. Like, what are you even gonna do? Yeah, and and you know, but I it so so whereas like half of me was like, oh man, I wish the farmers would cut the corn. But half of me loved it because I knew the neighbors were you know, the neighbors don't they're sitting the edges and as soon as that corn gets cut, that's when they start killing our deers because like then they don't have anywhere to hide and they just sit the fence line. So and I knew that not a lot of people have the you know, that more so aggressive of a mindset. Um so at least you knew where he was at with a
0: regardless if the I, corn no, was n- in or not. This, you, you, this
1: is all this is all a hunch. So oh, at this okay. point. <laughs> yeah, at this point, this is all a hunch. I you know, I found some sign that I believed to be his. I, I but it it could have been it could have been any deer. Right. I just knew that there was a heavy deer population that was living in the corn, and there was lush clover in there. And I had an idea, and the only reason I had this idea was, um, the one trail camera picture that was, you know, probably more than a mile away. It was the location of that picture gave me just a little bit of a a a clue on to like where he might be and I correlated that into where he was last year and then I kind of started hunting the area that I just surmised he'd be in so yeah I actually didn't I didn't have an encounter with him um I'm hunting that and it was hot hotter than hell it was a yeah. uh, 90 92 degrees it was you know high humidity low winds and it was just it was just kind of it really sucked. so I started hunting water thinking that okay well these deer got to at least come out of the corn for water and um, that never worked for me um, they they were hitting the water they were hitting it at night though um,
0: were you seeing and, any any sign like big rubs or open scrapes nope. anything like nothing. that nothing nothing
1: there there was there was a couple scrapes um, in proximity like you know nothing nothing crazy like in the general, I would say area, but nothing like, you know, this, it's early, like this, this, this buck is probably, you know, just lifts his head and fucking scares anything away. So I, you know, it's not, I don't think he was like, you know, really marking the area up or anything. I think he was just kind of living and, um, you know, on a pattern and, and there was a, there was a small area around this corn that I ended up, uh, scouting in. And, um, I ended up kicking a deer up and I was, I tried my best to follow through on my Instagram story because um, I've been, I've been trying to go a little bit more of a play by play, but I ended up kicking a buck out and I know it was a buck because of the sound it made and I could smell him because I came up a ridge that was literally probably just, I mean, a stone's throw away from the corn edge and it was so thick and you know, like these, these Russian olives are, are, you get in there and you can't see, so you almost got to like, just be stalking around and it's hard to, so I, I came up the backside of a ridge with a good wind and I ended up bumping a deer out and I smell, you know, when you get close to like them, them real big ones, like they have a smell about them. Um, and, and I smelled that smell and I went and I found his, I found where he was bedded up and the smell was just so potent. It, it was just like, um, just, just like, uh. I don't think of how to describe like, it just, just like, like a,
0: a, an indicator saying bingo, there's something here. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, but like the you know, it's just it's just such a strong like like must. Yeah. And and um so I got there and I'm like, this is the spot. Like, okay, so maybe, you know, I'm thinking, you know, he's maybe he's not always or maybe he's bedded here the whole time. I thought he was bedded in the corner. Anyway, I hunted that that spot, um, didn't see a goddamn thing. But that morning I had almost got freaking attacked by a bunch of coyotes that, um, true story. Uh, never happened, never happened to me. I, and I usually don't get in early and, but I, I found this spot and I'm like, all right, man, you gotta, you gotta get in there freaking dark and you gotta just be ready to rock. Like you don't know when he's going to get in there. The moon phase was kind of shit. So I, um, I was going in and I made it a point and I don't use lights. I just started using a headlamp, like or carrying one on me just this last year, just like more so in case, but I had to use a headlamp. And that's how early it was. Um, and then I was, when I got to the ridge, I started, I turned it off cause I didn't want to spook anything and I'm walking and, and it was real windy that morning. And I actually walked up on a, a pack of coyotes that must've just got a fawn or something. And I like the fawn was just like bleeding for its life. Like, you know, that, that, that like faint yeah. bleats just, and he's just getting eaten. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I tried to I didn't know what they were at first and i and i tried to spook them off and and one of the coyotes jumped up the bank and squared off with me and i and and i turned on my headlamp and i freaking started waving my arms and the fucker didn't run and i'm like oh shit so i i turned around and i bailed up the hill um you know so but anyway so i didn't see shit that morning and i but i chalked it up to maybe that coyote commotion i thought that maybe they ran him out of there before i got there um and uh and it turns out he was, I didn't, didn't end up killing him there. Um, but I do think that that was him bedded there that day. And he was kind of a little nomadic to where he wasn't real like he didn't have like a, a one, one specific bedding area. Yeah. Um, and I think he came back there maybe a time or two, uh, but it wasn't on a consistent basis. Yeah.
0: So you located that bet that bed. Um, you kind of ha- said, a, Hey, this is a nice spot. How many times did you hunt either that specific spot or in that area trying to get eyes on, on this specific deer? Um, I, a couple,
1: um, I, so not, I, now that if I wanted to hunt that bed in particular, like I had the tree, um, when I packed in and like, I, there was one tree you had to, you had to be in and you needed a certain, you know, a certain wind for it, but like there wasn't any other option. So if I was going to go hunt that area again, I would hunt that tree. And I did hunt that tree twice. Um, and then that general area, maybe a couple more times. Uh, but that was, yeah, almost, it was kind of like I was letting the the wind dictate on when I could access that area. Um, I knew I was still pretty confident at that point in time that that was him, but you know, that's a, that's a tricky thing. Like, you know, when you're hunting, especially that, that sort of thick terrain and like, you know, these areas, like the deer population is high they there, you know, they're very well could be, you know, another decent buck running in there, you know, I mean, or that, yeah. that, you know, gave those, those clues off or something. So, um, so it was kind of tough. Uh,
0: So when did you, I mean, then how, so you gave that area a couple hunts, um, then what did you do? Move away to a a completely different area?
1: I ended up actually, um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit, like, um, like I said, I wasn't seeing, I think, I think I went, and this is one, one for those guys who, you know, um, talk about like, you know, hunting the Midwest and, oh, there's so many, like I, I went six days without seeing a deer. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was like 12 sits, no deer. And, and I was even telling my buddy and he's like, Oh, he's like, have you got, gotten close to that deer? I'm like, no, I haven't seen anything. He's like, well, what have you been seeing? I'm like, nothing. And he's like, like, yeah, but like, what have you been seeing? I'm like, nothing. Like, I haven't seen shit. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, nothing. I was like, no, nothing, yeah. you know? And, um, and, uh, yeah, just no deer. So, but I knew, I knew it was just, it, it's just one of those things, you know, it, it when it's hot. And it's thick. They don't move. They're standing quiet. Like there's, there's so many things working against. It's not what people think. Like everybody wants to go out and have a November twelfth afternoon in October, and it just doesn't happen like that. It's right. just not. It's, it's not how it works. So, um. But anyway, so fast forwarding, I think it was seven days later. I ended up jumping that buck out of a bed, probably three quarters of a mile away from where I was hunting him prior. Okay. And when, when this happened, this was a textbook. This is what I do. It's like, you know, it was a creep up. I intentionally bumped him. I got eyes, you know, I mean, it was thick, but I seen, I seen the, you know, I seen the cage. I
0: didn't,
1: I didn't, I couldn't like settle on him with binos and count his points and shit like, but, but it was it was textbook and I was like, Oh, I was like, here it is. You know, the, the old, the old bump and dump. he's, he's done, he's done tomorrow. And to whereas I didn't want to get super confident, um, I kind of got a little too aggressive and I was very, uh, being that it was so thick and there were so many different entrances to this, this, this nod that he was betting on. I was very focused on wanting to shoot him in that bed. And then, you know, and it's, it's almost like, It's almost like that heart shot, like, you know, it's kind of a fool's game sometimes. And like when you could just slide it back three inches and not risk hitting that shoulder. uh, It's kind of the same. I look at the same way with like with like bed hunting, like, do you really need to shoot him in the bed? Like, do you really need to hit that bed? But I in this particular area, there's no freaking trees. It's so thick. There's no lanes like the only thing I had to work with was like this fucking gnarly it was just a horrible tree, horrible setup, and and um I ended up actually having to spend some time in there. So anyway, so I, I you know, I, I look at this area
0: once I've become you bumped yep. so you bumped him. Did you bump him like he you, you go into an area, knowing the wind direction, did you did did you bump him with scent or just did he see you or was it just sound? I, just so you I got intent- the idea.
1: I intentionally ran at this one. Uh, so there's, there's a couple different ways that I'll, I'll go about doing it. Um, this one was intentional. Like if I can, I was really trying, like when I really try to hone in on it, like I want to, that's the tricky thing about like walking and bumping a deer and just getting in a good spot versus like trying to bump a buck, making sure it's that buck by getting a visual. Cause you need that visual. And then, you know, making sure that, so, so the reason I kind of aggressively pushed this deer out is because I wanted to look at the area very, very thoroughly. Like, you know, I probably could have backed out on this deer because I seen what I thought was a deer. Um, and I, and I had to progress and I ended up, you know, I needed to bump him out of there to get him completely out. Cause I needed to have my way with, with this little, this little area, meaning like, you know, I wanted to look at it. I wanted to, you know, but even when I bumped them, because this was such a – and like I said, throughout this time, like I know I'm hunting a big deer. I didn't – I wouldn't let myself in my mind, you know, start to start to think about the deer size. And I, I haven't even really seen them yet at this point. I just – I just seen a big body. So – but I'm like, man, I got to – you know, in my mind, there's a there's a fucking clock running. I mean, there's, there's guys hunting the property right now. There's other guys that will be down on the property. Like there's like just – time is not something that, that like I have in my mind. So I'm like, so I think because of that, I'm, I'm rushing and and making, making, maybe making a few decisions that I wouldn't normally, but anyway, I, I, so I take my time. So I actually, it was so thick and I don't carry a trim saw with me. I had my stand on my back, but it was so thick that I had to go back and get my folding trim saw because I had, I had to trim some things like there's no way. And, and I went back there and I, I trimmed the tree out. It was just a pain in the ass of a set. And then I, I left cause I wanted to go get an evening hunt in, uh, but not there. I knew he wouldn't be back there. And that's, that's the difference between like my tactic and, and kind of how the old man always used to preach. Like I, I don't on a bump and dump situation. I don't hunt that evening. Um, uh, I, I go, I go the next day. Um, so like that's, that's kind of my, my preference. Um, I believe that deer have different patterns and, and, and all that. So, but anyway, so I went, I hunted the other side of the farm still tactically to get a visual, but I didn't press that area because now this is important too, that a lot of people don't, don't think about now that I've interrupted his pattern, I don't want to further interrupt his pattern. Right. I want to let him come back to his pattern. So, like, you know, to, that's where a lot of people are like, dude, sometimes you just got to know, like, okay, back the fuck off. Like, you don't have to be in there, you know. So, anyway, so then I came back the next morning, and I remember th- all night I was thinking, I was like, okay, I was like, this is it. This is what you do, you know, like, you know, he's going to come in, you're going to smoke him, like, you know, and I'm, I'm running through, you know, I'm, I'm running through my process. And when I got up there, uh, actually in the tree now, because before I was just cutting some stuff on the ground and I eyeballed the spot in the tree, but I didn't actually get up there. I just, so when I got actually in there in the morning, got up in the tree, settled in, I realized I'm like, man, this is just so thick. I'm so low. It's so close quarters. Like, um, and I had to pick And, and it was a very unique situation. I couldn't, I always set up the same way and I set up for that, that seated shot. But the way this tree was, I couldn't angle my platform like I wanted to, to shoot the bed sitting down, uh, or to shoot the bed. Uh, so I actually had to, I should have stood up so I could cover more ground, but I didn't. I was just, cause I'm, I I was like, "Oh, he's going to be coming in close. You got to sit down. You got to do it. You got to do what you know. So I sat down and I just did like I normally do. And I, I became a statue. I had my bow ready to go and I just knew it was a matter of time. And not 20 minutes later, I heard a loud break, um, and, uh, or, you know, uh, not super loud, but I heard something, something break and it was coming and there was a couple main trails coming into this bed and there was the gnarliest, nastiest, like little bank of like just slidden mud with, um, not even a whole, not even any tracks on it. Um, but you couldn't even walk it cause it was so thick. And I'm thinking and, and I'm hearing rustling and it's it's kind of, you know, sun's coming up or it's, it's still like, you know, gray light. And I got my bow and I'm looking at my one lane and my one lane is right in front of the bed and I'm just waiting and I hear it. And then the noise stops and I'm looking, I'm like, man, what was that? You know, and then like 20 minutes goes by and I'm like, fuck, like, I you know, I really thought I'm like really thought a deer was going to, you know, I thought, you know, a deer thought him was going to pop out. I look over my left shoulder He's been standing in that thicket for the last like 20 minutes and
0: he's standing there like a statue. Was this a morning hunt or the next evening? No, this is a morning hunt. So the next Um, morning that you bumped that deer. Yep. Okay. So,
1: yep. So he's standing there and right now he is literally, you know, 10 yards to my strong side, but it's so thick. Like, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting with my knees kind of slanted to the right side of the platform to shoot my lane and he's on my strong side and he's standing right there and I can see and I can see his body but it's so thick I'm like oh dude oh my god, that that that's got to be him and just like you know and to myself I'm like he's gonna come right into this bed he's gonna come right through my lane and he's gonna be done and it was so close so close Dan like it was that this shot would have been like reach out and touch him close like so I'm, I'm like, I'm just, just, you know, keeping my cool. I'm sitting there and he's sitting, he's sitting there and he's sitting there. And then he takes like five paces and he's like five. And so now he's five paces away from the tree to the strong side, looking right at his bed, which is past me. And he's just, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, all right, he knows something's going on. But then I also... I've been in I've been in this situation with big ones before, and they're they're diligent. They yeah. they just they want they want everything to be right, and they're just you know it could seem like they're on alert, and sometimes they're just they're just doing what they do, and then all of a sudden, you, next thing you know, he flicks his tail and he's he's in the bed. So I'm like, all right, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna walk in here, and then every like minute or so he would he would advance, but he'd sidestep. Then he of so he kept doing this. So in those five paces, now he's right at the base of the tree. But now he's on the right side of the tree. And I like, so I can't, there's no way. I, if I was standing, I could have done a small position and probably and shot him straight down over the spine. How high but in I was, the tree were you? Uh, eight feet. Jesus. So, so I'm eight feet. You could probably I'm hear him breathing. I was looking at, yeah, I was looking. That's all I could see. So I, then I cranked my neck and I'm looking over my right shoulder and I was literally looking through the cable aider on my second stick and his face was in, like through the aider and he's standing right there. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, come on, please. Now, if he, ke- if he kept going and he eventually got to the bed, I would have that seated shot and I'd be good. And then he stood there for another couple minutes. And, and that's when like, I knew, cause then he kept, and he was, and he sidestepped and he sidestepped and he, sidestepped, and he would, st- and, and that's when I knew I'm like, it's fucking over, like you know. And and I he didn't bug out, but his just looking at his demeanor. Um, and this whole time, believe it or not, like I haven't looked at his rack once. I verified it was him, but I'm not gonna be looking at his rack right now. Yeah. And as soon as I and I even thought, I'm like, I'm like stand up, draw as quick as you can, and put you know he's only at 15 yards now, and, and get getting arrow on him. But I'm like, no, I can't do that because you. In, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion. He knew something was up, but had I gave him, had I gave away my position in that tree, it would have been a whole different thing. Yeah. Like he, he got a swirl of my wind. I know it, but he didn't know where I was. And that made him uneasy. And, and whether that was just for one brief second, he knew he's like, all right, I'm, I need to get out of here. But he didn't do it quick. He, he did it. He knew he was safe where he was at and he just kept, and he inched out. And at that time, is when I really like kind of I considered like the hunt done and then I looked at his rack and he's like in 20 yards and he's walking away and I'm just like you fucked up big time like that's it that was the last time you'll ever see that deer and I I honestly in my head thought at that point in time I just I just considered myself beat because I was like you only you know like you only get one shot at those like he just got your wind it's it's you know, there's eight other guys hunting here. Like, you're just, you're fucked
0: now. What was his body so language was, like as he's walking away? Stiff,
1: you know, not, yeah. but, you know, and wasn't, as I'm saying, like his demeanor was just a, you could tell in his face and he was doing the actions. He was doing things that deer do, but he wasn't, he was very, very like reserved. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, he never, never did he. He wasn't like sent little things. He was just kind of there, just observing and just con- and just constantly like working. You know, he'd, he'd maybe, you know, reposition his head. I think one time he looked back, but it wasn't, it just wasn't right. And, um, and uh, it wasn't. And then even I kept telling myself like, well, maybe and trying to make myself feel better. Like, well, maybe he's just going to do a big loop yeah. and maybe he wants to check this whole ridge and he's going to come in. So I just, I kept like just praying and I just watched him get further and further and he walked out of my life and I'm. And that's when I was just kind of like, dude, you had it and you should have just like, you know, had I backed up and not got so close, you know, I, mu- you know, I started obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I started looking at the area like, you dipshit, you should have been over there or, yeah. or you know, you should have, you should have set the stand up this way. Like, why didn't you know he was going to come through that thicket? Like, you know, and, and it's amazing how them big animals can get through the thickest shit and not oh, make yeah. a goddamn noise. Um, story it, of my it, life, man, dude. <laughs> um, so that, uh, so that was yeah, that was a big, and, a big. Um, so that
0: was the first encounter with him, right? Yeah, and he, he yep. knew he was in the area. He walked away, not necessarily spooked, but just like yeah, something's not right here. I'm out. So he, he went. So that happened. Now, what's the next play?
1: Oh man, I, I actually. I actually didn't know at that point in time because I was just like, you know, I'm like, man, I'm like, you really just made this hard for yourself because because yeah. despite what people may think, like they do, they will get your scent. And if they associate your scent with danger, it's a it's a whole nother ball game. And I knew in my head, I'm like, he he came into his area. You know, this was his betting area. He came in. And he smelt me all over because I was all over there trimming stuff. And then, you know, and and he probably got that wind and he he didn't like it. And he was out. And I'm like, this is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough nut to crack. So and I actually right after that, the day after I had an obligation, I had to drive back up to North Dakota for a meeting for work. So I'm like, so now this just happens and I have to leave and I got to go drive 13 hours to, um, you know, North Dakota. So I'm just, you know, kind of sulking. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, driving, driving out, um, go up there, have the meeting, just kind of just, you know, super bummed out. And then I got back home to Iowa and I, um, uh, was just kind of like, just out of it, you know? And, um, I think just, just trying to think like, okay, all right, now what do I do? But then I, you know, after a couple days, I'm just like, uh, you know, I had some, some work stuff that I couldn't get, had, if I could have stayed down there, I would have stayed down there. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. but then I kind of just punched myself in the nuts and I was like, what are you doing? Just get the fuck back down there and kill yeah. that deer. Like, you know, so yeah. then I, you know, I kind of had to have a, a man moment and, and, um, I got back down there and I started thinking about where I thought he would relocate. Cause he's obviously not going to use
0: that area. anymore. How many days um, went by at this point? Um,
1: Let's see. So that was a, uh, maybe four days. Okay. Four days,
0: four days (laughs) in between the encounter and the time you start, you know, you go back down there to hunt him.
1: Yeah. I think I hunted, I think technically after that morning, I hunted that evening,
0: then left. And then
1: I, you know, got back a couple days later. Yeah and then I might've got there late in an evening. So I threw like a, a sit in the area that I knew I'd be in the game, but not too aggressive. So like there, there might've been a couple of sits in between there, but when I really started um, and I remember calling my buddy and I'm like, um, you know, uh, I remember just having a, a vicious change in attitude and I was like, this deer's dying. And, and like, you know, and I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And, and, and it's called co- And this is where like, I think the fam comes into play too. Like I, I almost was kinda on the fence, like I'm um, you know, I knew what it was gonna take and I got so much other shit and I got my family and I got my job and everybody over there's pissed at me this time of year because I don't I don't show face as much as I need to. And when I got the okay from the old lady and it was kinda like she gave me the nod, like I got the kids, like get it done. Yeah. And when that happened, my mind just flipped and I went down there and I actually grabbed I said, All right, it's time to it's time to flip the switch on this this guy and I got all my camping shit ready. And, you know, cause I can't, when I'm down there just out in a tent, um, but I got my long-term camping shit ready. So I yeah. was like, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm going down there till he's done. Yep. And I went down there and I got super aggressive with it. Um, and was just like, I, I got to relocate this deer. And when I actually, um, I actually ended up <coughs> bumping him off a Ridge. Um, not, it was a Ridge, so it's real weird how this this land lays out. It's a very deep, they're very deep ridges, um, very thick knobs. And I actually uh, ended up bumping him off of a ridge in which he could see this original, his original um, spot where he was held up. <laughs> so, so, so he now, because I started thinking about that, I'm like, all right, where, you know, where is he going to be? And I, and I just looked at the map, you know, and I'm, I'm walking around and I'm like. I'm like, I think he's, you know, I've just, you know, these are things that you, your brain's constantly turning. And I ended up going to check this ridge and sure as shit, I ended up kicking him off a ridge, um, that was, uh, now this time wasn't a verified, like, like I kicked the deer up and I just, with all the pieces in my head, I'm like, that was him. It had to be like, it just, it just makes sense. He's, he's perched up here. He can see down the draw. He can see that spot. He's probably looking. He's probably waiting to find out what was in his shit, and he's probably just watching for me these last couple of days. Yeah. And I did a big loop around the backside and came in from a different direction than I would even typically scout that area. And I set up, and I was I was probably seven platform was seven feet, um, but I was on the bank. I was on the bank. And I was I was shooting now, I I'm like, you know what? He's gonna come up this, he's gonna come up this this steep, thick hell hole like he did last time, and I'm gonna be literally on the on this freaking ridge like Spider-Man and I'm gonna smoke him. Like like that was in my head, like you know, so I so to where I was I was only one stick high, the platform was seven feet and his bed was up in this thicket and the top of the ridge was eye level. But down the ridge, you know, it's obviously everything's dropping off, and it's a bottom. And the wind—it's damn near impossible to hunt this area because the the wind is just it. The, it swirls any direction. You're just screwed. So he's using this, obviously, this 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 thoroughfare to get to wherever he's going, and just just scent checks the piss out of it. But so I had luckily a very calm morning, and actually that morning in which he. Um, he made the, uh, um, the fatal mistake. He came up, he, he actually came through the bottom and the wind was so calm. And when he was about 20, it was, it's so thick in here too. I only had, I only had my one lane again. Um, it's just, it's just the way it is. Like you, and that's how this low close quarter hunting works. Like you gotta, you gotta pick, you can't, and this time I didn't want to fuck with anything. So I only went where I knew I could get and I could get the good shot and without contaminating the area as much. So, so just like before, all of a sudden I never heard him. I seen him and he's sneaking through all this briar and stuff. And and I'm just like, I'm just amazed by it. I remember thinking like, like how in the world is this even possible? And then I catch a glint and then he stops in the bottom and he's like 30 yards away and he stops and he gets real tight, real stiff. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. I'm like, I'm like, no, no. I'm just thinking like, is my, my wind's dropping down there. You know, it's, it's, and he stays there and he's, and he stops and you know, it's probably like five minutes goes by and I'm like, not again, but he's just doing his diligence, you know, and he's looking at everything. Just, just really just analyzing everything. This wind never went, this deer never went anywhere with how a straight wind it seemed like. And, and he was just, I could literally see at this point in time, you know he's thirty, but like I could see him flaring his nostrils and just, just literally taking it all in. He's 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 smelling the whole. He, he's getting all these big knolls. They come down and collide into this bottom, and he's just getting everything. And um, and you know, probably like five minutes into it, he he um, I see that that flick of the tail, and then he starts walking. And I'm like I'm like you, you got him. You you okay? Like this is it? Like you know he's. You know, he doesn't get anything. So I'm at this point, I'm getting in kill mode, you know, Um, and uh, he comes up and he's working through. And there's this little opening at like 12 yards, but it's so thick. And there's literally like just it's not even I wouldn't even call it a lane. It's just this little slot. But he's going it's weird how the ground lays and then it dips back off down. So he comes through that dips back off down and he's going to come up and bet on this perch and he stops When he's out of sight, he stops and I'm, and I lost sight of him. It's so thick. I'm like, Oh, and then he just, and nothing for like three minutes. And I'm like, Oh no, did he just dip down? Did he go somewhere else? I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? So then I'm starting to like, you know, just panic just a little bit. And then I catch him and he lifts and then I see him, he lifts his head up and his, and he's through the, he's through the thicket and his demeanor, his demeanor completely changed and he was super stiff and he turned around and, and. At that point in time, I knew he got my win because it was the exact same. And he was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, I seen it in his eyes. And he turned around, but it was too late at that point, And he started heading back the route that he came in because he th- cause the way the wind was swirling, he picked it up from <laughs> from up the draw. So he turned around and head back, and I came to full draw. And as he creeped through that opening, um, I just uh, – Yeah, I just I smoked him. Um, Yeah. And 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 it was one of those things where ever since I started shooting, I've always I've never said this to anybody, but I read it. I wrote it in that little story that I did. And one of my thought shot process things is I I always say, like, follow through, motherfucker. Like, you you better do this. Like, you know, and and I remember like muttering that to myself and and I you know, these bows are so fast nowadays, it's hard to, you know, but I watched the arrow sail right, right through behind the shoulder. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, nah, like, you know, wait, like, you know, I don't know, like, and he, he took off like a bat out of hell. And then literally a second later, I heard a crash. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, no, no, that wasn't, you know, and yes. then even I'm, I, I pull my binos up, and I'm looking, and I seen this, this flare of white. But I didn't, even after seeing that I was like no that couldn't have been him yeah I was like I I hope I got a good hit you know so so I I got down and actually found my arrow excuse me and um even after finding my arrow and it was uh it was broken half but it was all covered in blood and then I I got that same swirl of wind and I smelt them uh and I and I knew then I was like that's him, you know, but, and then I took two steps toward the direction he ran and two, two deer were on that adjacent bank and they ran off and I just seen tails and I was like, God damn it. What are you doing? You know? And I, I thought I jumped, I thought I pushed him and yeah. I thought he maybe just bedded up and I was just kind of kicking myself in the ass. And then I wasn't, you know, thinking straight cause I didn't want to believe it. But then I, I took like 10 steps and um just seeing the blood and then i i ended up seeing his rack through the thicket uh and i it was just one of those things where i was just like even even walking up to it i'm like oh shit he's actually there yeah Um,
0: yeah but so this is like the double the the double bump and dump because you bumped him he came back he (laughs) didn't go right you you went on and this was another evening morning hunt
1: this, yep, this, well, this was a morning, he, 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 he died, I think it was like October 20th or
0: something in the morning. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was a 730 bedding area, just like, just like many of the other big ones have, have fallen. Um, uh, so it's kind of, yeah, textbook, like if I could have picked it, this is exactly how it went down. Um, and yeah, it was a double, it was not intentionally a double, you know, obviously yeah. I would have, <laughs> I would have loved to have it done the first time, but I, um, it was just uh, one of those things where I think, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, but the deer was just—I <laughs> don't know. It—it's it, hard to explain because as a, as somebody like myself, you know, um, it's kind of been my holy grail. Like I've—I've I've always, you know, I have grew up looking at giant deer on the wall, and and although I have big deer, I got deer in the 180s. I got just you know, I got a lot of really great deer. I never thought like even to myself i'm like well you've never got you you've never shot a mega like you don't have anything really big like you know in in my eyes really big and um and that was always like you know like not 200 inches got nothing to do with it i mean yeah the deer was over 200 inches but i've seen 130 inch frames that were over 200 inches but just the what i've always been in search of is just a giant typical um giant typical frame a little bit of character and uh, this deer was just like, he, everything I thought I was hunting, he was, he was that amplified. Uh, he yeah. was kind of deceiving. Uh, you know, he's got his last mass mass measurement out is like five and a half inches. Damn. It's, it's, he's just so heavy. Um, so tall, such a beautiful buck. I wouldn't change anything about him.
0: Yeah. So um, let me ask you this about the, the, the deer, you know, put the inches aside. Great, you know, giant antlered deer, but from a mature buck or a dominant buck standpoint did he do anything that other deer that you were chasing did uh, as as far as how they survive and how they work terrain and how they work bedding areas and things like that i think um
1: i'm a firm believer that there's all different deer are different mature deer versus young deer versus what you, if you call them pressured versus unpressured or private public, like it it's, it's so I think varies on the temperament of the deer for one. Now, as they get old and they, they do make it through scenarios. Like I think, I think one of the things that, that or the most thing that was so rewarding about this deer, even aside from, you know, not only did he have the inches, it wasn't like, it was a process he was a smart deer. It took it. It, it almost beat me mentally, um, which I pride myself in my mental strength. And and it was just it was like the perseverance. And but I will say, like I've seen deer that were just as just as cagey at a younger age. But I've also I will say that this buck it surprised me in how slow he moved and how he knew every. Now, mind you, I only seen him actually twice. There was a couple times where I knew, I knew with everything in my soul that he was within 60, 70 yards of me. And he was moving through that thick timber, That, but that I didn't see him. But just the way he moved through, like the sounds, uh, <clears throat> the weight of the deer, I smelled that, that same familiar smell. Like I knew he was there, but just watching this deer, even those two times and watching how, how like how slow he went about things. And even that second, even that second encounter, I was fortunate enough to, to watch him work a licking branch, like in between, like when he finally thought, like determined the, the, the draw was okay. And before he kind of pursued right out of that thicket, he worked, a he worked a scrape. And even the way he worked a scrape was like, was like cautious. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't like carefree, like, you know, eyes closed, just like batting limbs around. It was like, it was like give a little lick and then like, you know, neck puffed up, looking le- left, looking right. Like anybody freaking, you know, who wants to, you know, that sort of like who wants a piece, but like making sure everything was, was, um, was copacetic. So I, I would just say, yeah, the way he moved, uh, the, the way in which he was betting kind of nomadically in different spots. I firmly, I know that first place I was on, he was betting. I know he was living in the corn for a period of time. And then I know he was living on the, the, the draw where I visually bumped him out of. So I figured those were his three primary bedding areas that he was accessing on, um, you know, different winds, different corridors. But I think that deer was, was, was covering some good ground. And he was using the corn as a travel corridor and would also bed up there. I think a lot of those bucks that are harder to kill and that get older, you know, they have an area – but they don't have some like magical, like they don't always have this magical ripped up area. That's like their only zone that you got to find. So this was a prime example of that. Like this deer was bedding in multiple locations, you know, finding that location and then hunting it when you need to on that wind, just like the first bed. I went in there like, like in my mind that deer should have came back there and bedded and he, you know, he should have got killed. Yeah. The coyotes, you know, interrupted that. And, but I will say that, I think a lot of that, I think the fact that this deer was hunted so hard by people last year and like neighbors and, and made it through, um, you know, those all things have a factor too. So, uh, so many variables I think go into that, but, but I would say how cautious he was, would be like the, the one thing that stood out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've hunted old, old, old bucks before that were so like, so routine, that it was almost kind of like you would think like, Oh, they're so old. They've, they've, they've made it through all these years. Like they're probably super cagey, but almost kind of seemed like they weren't as cagey just because they were just like such in a, in a groove, you know? Yeah. Um, but I always think the nomadic ones are a little harder to harder to kill.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. That's awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on a giant, uh, the, the story in the process, everybody who's listening to this, uh, it's it's this is a perfect example of this is what it takes to beat uh, a deer when you have curveballs like thick timber or hunting pressure or standing crops or you know this this is the things that a guy has to do if they if they want to you know go after a specific caliber of deer or you know for example this deer uh was living in an area where he felt safe but he w- he felt safe in, in, in little sections, it sounds like. Like little little pockets of great cover. But he, he found what he liked and he was real careful going in and out of them.
1: Yeah, and I, I really think it boils down to, two yeah, like, you know, persistence is a big thing too. Yeah. And just kind of staying with it and using the time you have at your, at your disposal and trying to hunt right and not man, it, the mental game, man. I mean, yeah. you can, you can defeat yourself so easily. If you let, if you let yourself, <laughs> it sounds,
0: yeah, it sounds, um, messed up, but I feel you. Well, Cody, man, congratulations on a slammer. And, uh, we didn't e- we didn't even get to talk about the Iowa deer yet. We'll do that. We'll do that another time. <laughs> yeah, And, yeah. uh, um, you got, uh, you got some stuff we're going to talk about on the hunting gear podcast coming up too. It sounds like so uh congratulations man and thanks for taking time to come on
1: yeah thanks for having me dan we'll um we'll have to yeah we'll definitely do a part two one of these days uh the iowa buck was an interesting story and all on its own not in the hunt in the recovery (laughs) so a little little tease for that i guess
0: and there you have it huge shout out to cody i know he's a busy guy uh appreciate his time for coming on and sharing this story amazing story hopefully someday uh i run into a caliber of deer like that but you know it's that uh, it's the journey not the destination so uh man uh congrats on a huge huge buck awesome buck and then after that man uh thanks to all of you for uh, sticking around to the end huge shout out to all of the partners hunt stand lone wolf wasp ozonix vortex exodus and excalibur Uh, support those brands follow on social and other than that man There's still some time left. Be safe if you're gun hunting. Uh, Be safe if you're still climbing up in a tree. Wear that safety harness. And right now, more than ever, this world is batshit crazy, it seems like. Keeping a positive attitude, loving your neighbor as yourself, and sending good vibes out to the universe, man, is all we can do. So uh, good vibes in, good vibes out, and we'll talk to you next time. (music) Thank <music> you.